Welcome to the Real Estate Matters Podcast. I'm Stuart Norton uh, with Acre and got a really fun one today for y'all. Got uh, got my brother, Charlie Norton here uh, with us. Hey, Charlie, what's up? Stuart, how you doing? Man, uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really doing well, man. How about you? Everything is fantastic. It's a, it's a great Tuesday. I'm standing up overlooking downtown Birmingham, excited to uh, catch up with my brother and uh, talk some real estate, talk about life. Heck yeah, man. So uh, tell me more about this view. I got to come see your office. It is incredible. I got a, I got a, uh, I got a desk view, which sucks and cups to my window that I write on and kind of track my deals and activity. And I'm overlooking downtown, looking at the CBD. And it's a good place to uh, reflect and think and uh, try and get creative these days. Nice, nice. You looking towards Red Mountain or a different way? No, I'm looking right at the CBD. I am looking directly north. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, well, good stuff. And so, um, so y'all, everybody, Charlie, you kind of know everybody, I think, but, uh, I'll, I'll give you the brief introduction as well, but, uh, but Charlie Norton, uh, leasing associate at Harbor Realty Services. I got that right, didn't I? <laughs> you did, man. Yeah. Hit 10 years about two weeks ago. 10 years. Okay. Been that long. Absolutely. Yeah. So just give us kind of the quick, uh, you know, what, what's led you to Harbor? Awesome. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I love this question. So, I. Let's see, grew up here in Birmingham, uh, graduated May 11, 2008 from um, Alabama and finance real estate. Uh, and then I remember June 2nd, 2008, I started with Colonial Properties as an intern. That's Colonial Properties Trust and Property Management. On my birthday. Wow. On June 2nd. Yeah, pretty cool. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So then I quickly got moved up to Charlottesville, Virginia for a year. I was focused on distressed assets. And um, got that property cleaned up quickly, came home to Birmingham, uh, uh, managed 300 units at uh, Colonial Grand at Liberty Park, and then joined uh, Harbor in uh, October of 2012. And so I kind of cut my teeth in the operations and management side. I'm a kind of a producer at heart. And... Uh, was led to Harbert and love it over here. Got great people, great mentors, and uh, you know, great brand. Well, good. And uh, and y'all kind of take a unique approach uh, to commercial brokerage in that you're kind of a generalist. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people tell you to specialize in whether it's multifamily, you know, industrial, office, retail, et cetera. Um, and we have a lot of guys. You know, we have people that do that. But I, you know, I, I consider myself a four wheel drive. You know, a generalist. And so I. You know, I do about 40% uh, of Class A landlord office representation, about, you know, 40% of uh, sales and brokerage. And then, you know, another 10 or 20%, I'll I'll do some retail. I'll do some tenant representation. You know, I'll do a little bit of it all, but primarily Class A office leasing and brokerage. Okay. Well, good stuff. And just kind of while we're on the Harbert subject, uh, you know, part of the, so Harbert Realty Services, you know, part of the larger uh or just one of many com- companies in the Harbor family of businesses. Uh, and so who else do you work closely with uh, within the Harbor family? Sure. So, yeah, we report up to Harbor Management, which is our parent company. And then we've got um, Harvest, which is our third-party apartment, uh, third-party apartment management uh, firm here. And we've got Harbor Multifamily Advisors. But, yeah, so I, I, I report up to Dean Nix, uh, who runs our transaction services group. And, Man, I think Dean's been, been with us almost, I think it's almost 25 years. Fantastic role model, someone to look up to. And, you know, also spend a lot of time 
uh, with Norman Tynes, uh, primarily out at the Urban Center at Liberty Park. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good asset there. That's, uh, I remember just driving past that play in Old Overton, you know, back in the day. Uh, but that's a really cool office park, very well situated and a lot of amenities. Absolutely. You know, the suburbs of the suburbs have been on fire lately. And that's that, you know, that's we we take a lot of pride in the urban center. It's 540,000 square feet. It's made up of four buildings, you know, 1,200 where Vulcan Materials is, 1,400 and 1,500. And we lease and manage that asset um, for a client of ours. And it's just a fantastic product. We've kept it up. We put a lot of work into it, and uh, we just recently uh, renovated the corridors and the restrooms out there. And, you know, not all landlords do that, but we take a lot of pride in it, and it's in a fantastic location. Heck, yeah. Well, good to hear. Uh, before we get deeper uh, into the real estate, let's uh, we got to talk just a, a touch of golf. And so uh, you've, been, you've been playing much lately? You played any golf? You know, if I can play three any good times— golf? I, you know, I always play good golf, but uh, <laughs> that's for sure. If I if I can play three times a month, I'm very happy. Uh, okay, but I, yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy. It. I appreciate it more than I ever have in my life. When I get out there, I, uh, I'm excited to play. That's for sure. Yeah, it's always fun. I've actually I've not played any good golf lately. I played a lot. I've, I've been on a little <laughs> golf tear uh, <laughs> last week and this week. Uh, we were in Huntsville for work. We had our Nowcom forum, a commercial real estate forum up there that we helped the Nowcom group administer. Uh, that's North Alabama commercial real estate. So I was in, uh, I was in Huntsville, um, Thursday, I got to play the ledges up there. Fun course, uh, no birdies, but, uh, shot, you know, I don't know. It was a typical round, lots of bogeys. Um, but then, uh, I actually went out to Kansas city, played some golf out there, uh, and I think between uh, Huntsville and Kansas City, it was uh, 75 total holes of golf uh, with one birdie. How about that, Charlie? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. Hey, you know, but yeah, it was pretty you'll, gross. You will you will never forget the day that you beat me out at Vestavia years ago. You'll never you'll never take that from me. Well, hey, that was Pine Tree. Um, oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was Pine Tree. Yeah, I remember uh, that, that was a proud moment. Uh but hey, maybe maybe in the next fifteen years. So you, you know, golf's such a such a crazy sport. You 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 can work so hard at it and do great, and the next day do terrible. And it's but it's just about it's it's just about the yeah. next shot, which you know it kind of kind of relates a lot to real estate. Every day can be a little different. You just got to stay positive. That's a good point. I guess I haven't had a bad day on the golf course, you know, since maybe high school golf. You know, when it's easy to get frustrated and you're playing for free and you're eighteen or whatever, you know. But, uh, but yeah, but all the effort that goes into it, I mean, it's just, I enjoy every day out there, you know, good shots are bad. I got to work on my irons and my putting. That's uh, usually my putting, you know, I can hold, you know, do something, but, uh, but yeah, you should, have. I wish I had more video of the missed three footers. You, you would have loved it. <laughs> I've had some of those. <laughs> well, all right. Well, um, one more, uh, you know, not really getting off topic, just kind of warming up here before we get into commercial real estate. So, any, so a little bit of golf, what about fishing? Caught any fish lately? I caught some this weekend. I actually caught my first crappie this weekend. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I uh, caught some bass and some crappie at uh, a good friend of mine, uh, his farm in Chula Vista, and then ultimately led to, uh, you know, the Alabama LSU game. And we're going we're gonna to wrap up with Bama football. We're going <laughs> to put our heads together here to try to figure out how the end of the season might look. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of, um, well, good to hear about the crappie. I, I've, I've heard it's fun when you get on top of a, I've never actually, did you catch the crappie by accident or were you actually trying to get a crappie? Well, you know, a friend of mine, Austin Blair, he's actually in uh, commercial real estate in Birmingham. He gave me a fishing lure, 
recently, and I took it out there and caught a crappie on it. Was not expecting to, but it is. Uh, I caught some bass and some crappie and had a really good time. Heck yeah, man! All right, so uh, so we're warmed up now, ready to get into some commercial real estate, and so I'm sure you know some of the commercial real estate activity, you know, I'm sure it might've slowed down with all the economic changes and everything. Uh, but what's been happening, uh, you know, just generally speaking, uh, what's been happening in Birmingham and Birmingham on the commercial real estate front? Wow. Yeah. You know, there's so many factors. Uh, we're definitely seeing, seeing a slowdown, a little more of a slowdown in what we call the core, you know, in the CBD, um, in, in office space, uh, the suburbs have been, the suburbs have, do, have been doing really well. We've had a lot of leases done. We've had a lot of activity out at the Urban Center at Liberty Park. Brokerage, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but mainly because there's just not that much product. You know, you look downtown, I've got I've got several clients looking for different types of, uh, of buildings, ranging from offices to warehouses, and there's just, there's no inventory. And so that's one thing that I, that I think is a positive that's going to help us with this is the fact that the slowdown is a lot of it's been because of inventory. Got, are you talking about like for sale and for lease? Yeah, uh, mainly for sale. There's just not that many buildings out there. But, you know, when you look at a it, deals are slowing down, they're they're having more obstacles than you really ever have had to overcome with, you know, rising interest rates and rising construction costs. But uh, I have faith in Birmingham and I think us being a smaller secondary market is going to help us. Um, and you know what? Just like we talked about playing golf, it's really just more about attitude. And so just kind of wake up and keep grinding and just we've got to get creative. And um, I think we'll pull through this. Yeah, well, especially coming off the last few years when, you know, the cost of capital was that probably as low as we'll see it in our lifetimes. Um and so it's got to be a pretty, you know, and, and generally those shifts in interest rates, you know, it's kind of a gradual taper up or down. But, you know, this time, of course, it's been pretty quick. But yeah, but as far as like interest rates, I mean, I guess they're kind of having the effect that, you know, the Fed wants them to have, you know, and it's been, it's just quite, you know, it's, we, we went from a low rate environment to a high rate environment pretty quick. And I guess that's probably shocked the system more than uh, in prior cycles. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And um, you know, it's been so good for so long and there's been just so much, a lot of activity, uh, a lot of good assignments. I mean, Birmingham continues to grow. We continue to, we can, you know, we're getting some, we're getting cool restaurants keep popping up. And, uh, but at the end of the day, when you look at the interest rates and the way that they spiked that quickly, it just, it's kind of put a governor on a lot of things and it's hard to, it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to make a deal work with a, with an interest rate, you know, with cost of capital being high and cost of construction being high, the rents that you got to get to justify the deal that you're trying to pull together is very hard. And at some point, those reach a point where the tenant can't bear that. But uh, again, we go back to we try and stay. I try and take a positive outlook on life in every aspect. And we just I keep saying creative is the word we get. You got to get creative. And for the right deal, it's going to happen. One of the sayings is housing demand never goes to zero. You know, you're always going to have families moving regardless of the economic cycle. You know, or people outgrowing their house, people needing to move for work. There's just always going to be that baseline level of activity. And I'm sure in the commercial space, it's the same way, you know, especially with Birmingham's economy, you know, generally doing pretty well. A lot of very, you know, successful, profitable companies there who are going to, you know, 
whether they want to expand, whether they want to move to a different part of town, there's just always some going to be a baseline level of activity happening, especially as, you know, generally, you know, it seems like economic conditions are rolling along pretty well. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And, you know, residential is going to be a little bit different because I guess you have different, you do, you always have different areas of town that you're looking at. And in, and in our world, in the commercial world, we have just different submarkets. And we talked right. about the suburbs are doing better than, you know, the CBD is. And Midtown is always, always does really well and has the lowest uh, lowest vacancy and highest rent dollars. And so... And just uh, clarify Midtown for us. You know, Midtown, anywhere from pretty much Southbridge to uh, Lakeshore, you've got this um, Synovus building is kind of our, is kind of the edge or Lakeshore is it runs all the way out to Patriot, which is uh, farther down Lakeshore. And then Southbridge is right there at the cut of the Red Mountain and Homewood. And so anywhere kind of in Homewood, uh, the Lucky Building, which is now the South State Building, all that, uh, all the product that goes down through Lakeshore Park Plaza and through uh, the buildings across from Sanford, yep. all that's Midtown. And it's uh, over the years, it's just been, it's like it's been wrapped in bubble tape and it, it has just <laughs> it's got the lowest vacancy and the highest rents. And you know, it's just a great location, but you have different, you have variants in different submarkets that, that, that lag uh, based on the product and what's going on in the world. But there's always going to be activity. And what I, you know, what I tell myself is if we can be the best at what we do, then you're going to find a way to have plenty of business to work on. And so it's just a, it's kind of a mindset. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, just you, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the, pre, the kind of a re- recent uh, trend toward the suburbs. You know, what do you think's uh, what's driving uh, people out to the suburbs or what's drawing them out there? Not necessarily driving. Yeah, I, I think it's mainly location. And I yeah. think that, you know, you've got a, probably a, sm- a shorter drive time for a lot of executives and uh, also being out, you know, being in Vestavia where we are. Uh, at the urban center, there's no occupational tax, and that one percent can make a difference over time. That's normally passed down to the employees, and so yeah. you know, I think it, it, there's a lot of different factors, but it's been a trend. And um, you know, you got a little more space in the suburbs when you really draw down onto it. I mean, you look at parking ratios; you can't find parking. I was going to say parking's got to be one thing. You know, we're you know one of many. You can range, you know, three to four per thousand in the suburbs, and just over one per thousand downtown. And so, there's a lot of different factors, but um, you know, there's a lot of energy downtown. But there has been some. The suburbs have been really good for a long time, and uh, you know, different parts of the suburbs are doing better than others, obviously. But uh, there's a lot of different factors that lead into that. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of going back to the central business district, it's just the heart of Birmingham kind of always has been probably always will be, but, uh, are many, uh, many of your uh, large office tenants downtown or many of them trying to downsize? You know, we are seeing some, uh, we are seeing some downsize in the market. Uh, what we're noticing or what I'm noticing in particular is the larger the company, the little, uh, the more hesitant they are to kind of commit long-term and renew like they normally would. Right, and so the trend I'm, you know, what I'm saying is just the the larger the company, uh, the more hesitant they are, and the more willing they are to downsize. Uh, but you know, we made it through the pandemic with not much of that. I think we're probably we're just kind of we always lag in a market like Birmingham, so I think that's just kind of catching up to us a little bit. Sounds like that fire drill is happening, and so uh, we can pick up. Uh, why don't you go? Uh, 
make sure you make it okay out of the building. We got a fire drill, y'all, over there, but uh, but we'll pause and we'll pick back up just a minute. <laughs> this is fantastic, by the way. I'm really enjoying this. Heck yeah, yeah. Take your time. We'll be back in a minute. All right. See you. Wow. Sorry about that. All good. All right. So uh, we're back. That was our uh, our in 107, 100, 107 episodes. That's our first fire drill. But uh, gotta say, first time for everything, right? <laughs> you know, uh, it's okay. I, I, it, it it reminded me how excited I was to actually be on to be on a podcast, and I was excited to get back up here. Heck yeah, man! So uh, so where did we leave off? What were we talking about prior? Well, I was thinking about one thing. I was thinking about you asked me to kind of describe the midtown market. You know, we're kind of talking about submarkets and. I think the way that I said it, most people would not understand that unless they were in my business. Okay. So it pr- pretty much Midtown is Red Mountain to Lakeshore, and you know it runs all the way down Lakeshore. So you capture a lot of Mount Brook, a lot of Homewood, um, you know that area where Brookwood Village is. It's going to be redeveloped all the way down to Lakeshore Park Plaza, past Sanford. So Red Mountain and all of Lakeshore and a lot of Mount Brook and and Homewood is what we consider Midtown. Uh, and Southbridge kind of anchors it on the Red Mountain border, and then it starts the CBD. Gotcha. Yeah, and surprisingly, a, a good bit of office space there in Midtown, more than you know, just a you know a casual follower might, might think. But I was a follower of the market. But uh, but yeah, those two towers, kind of behind Brookwood Mall, a lot of office space there. Where uh, oh yeah, Metroplex, those are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, up there, and then all the way down Lakeshore. I can't tell you how many companies you know because we work with a lot yeah. of different companies, but so many based out of that Midtown area, especially in the Lakeshore area. Yeah, you've got Metroplex and then moving down to Lakeshore Park Plaza and you've got University Park and I mean, they're in Synovus and the old Lucky Building, which is now South State. And then, uh, I mean, there's some new, I mean, it's it's just a, uh, they've just been good, solid assets. And um, uh, there's a little bit of vacancy in there, but it's all, you know, the when you get some vacancy in Midtown, historically, it's just been able to lease back up and hold the rent. So nice. So uh, just so kind of sticking with the Birmingham theme, uh, we've talked about a few trends so far. You know, just kind of the, uh, especially you know the the trend towards uh, or just that acceleration of demand for the suburbs. But but any other uh, large scale trends that you've seen unfolding in the Birmingham area? No. Um, that's a you know that's a great question. We still haven't got a hundred percent return to work from the pandemic downtown, and that's I think that's you know we haven't. There's a buzz down here, but we need everybody back downtown to really get the full effect. Um, you know, it's pretty cool. You go downtown, and I can literally walk out of my office and go eat at ten or fifteen awesome places, and you just can't you just can't do that unless you're in the city center. Uh, but as far as far as trends go. Man, I just I think um, I um, I continue to have um, a lot of confidence in Birmingham. I think we can, you know, I think Birmingham can overcome a lot. We're a small enough market, and uh, we're you know we're we're affordable. And I think affordability maybe is something we could talk about. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, it's just hard to. It's been everybody's been distracted by by interest rates and rising construction costs. And what do you do to overcome that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause those are definitely, uh, definitely present challenges and cause it's not just, you know, 
and because you have a, a multitude of costs that are all increasing at the you know con- at the same time concurrently and uh, and I was talking to, to somebody in Huntsville you know and his take on rising rates was that you know because so many you know virtually all you know using that term loosely but pretty much all CRE deals require financing to some degree right and so now that the cost of money you know is is up significantly it just it really impacts you know valuations and how we move on from here so i thought that was an interesting point yeah i mean it's like a, it's a loaded topic i mean you can talk a lot about it and you can look at i mean you can look at you can talk about the valuation all day but regardless we got to we got to keep climbing and we got to keep moving forward and uh, people like myself and, 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 you know, we've got a really good group of commercial real estate men and women in Birmingham and we've just got to be, uh, you know, I've only been here, been in, been with Harvard for 10 years, but this is the most creative, uh, I've ever tried to get to make things happen. And, uh, but what happens is over time, uh, the more hours you put in, the better you get at what you do. And, and if you can try and find a way to stay positive and stay and get creative, and don't force things, they'll happen. Um, but it's, uh, it's frustrating when you, when you try and throw a net around the market for a client of yours and you're looking for a building and you just can't find it, you know, and so you just keep trying. And then what do you do next? You go look off market. So maybe a trend is, you know, a lot of people looking at deals off market right now because there's not as much inventory and hopefully sure. that'll change soon. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking of getting creative, uh, that was a really good video that you uh, put together. Uh, it's been what a few months now, but uh, but about uh, the Helen's story about how they moved into that space. But uh, but that was really good stuff, Charlie. Hats off to a good product there. Yeah, we um, uh, thank you for that. We got we're we're right at thirteen thousand views on that. Um, I'm actually sitting down with our CEO today to show him episode number two, which is coming out, which is uh, going to be on the uh, historic Federal Reserve, a project that we're very proud of that. Norman Tynes and uh, Mike Moran were deeply involved with. And so we're going to be rolling out driven uh, episode number two, the historic federal reserve in the next 30 days. And then we're going to move on to the third and fourth and hopefully more from there. But yeah, we've uh, every once in a while, I get these ideas that I run with uh, that take time and I'm very proud to kind of showcase the people of our company through projects uh, and deals that we've done over the years. And, uh, but going back to Helen, I mean, one of the, uh, I, it, the feeling that I get when I walk in that door, it never gets old. I think I've been there probably 30 times. I may even go there for lunch today. Uh, it is fantastic lunch, dinner, but it was a hundred year old building and working with Rob McDaniel. I mean, him and his wife, Emily, and their two kids moved from Lake Martin here to Birmingham to open that, that up their dream restaurant and it is just thriving and it's incredible and deals like that help Birmingham and there's so many of them uh, and if, if you can just get one deal at a time coming back downtown or anywhere in Birmingham with cool brands it really has an impact on the long term for sure and uh, and it's also just great to hear the story because it's you know many people uh, you know especially just for me I mean I, I you know, I'm not a commercial real estate practitioner, uh, but it's just interesting to see all that goes into, you know, it's easy to take something for granted, you know, when you see a new restaurant open or this or that, but there's just so much effort behind the scenes, you know, to make that a reality. That's, that was one thing that I really appreciated from that, uh, from that piece you did on Helen. 
was that, you know, it's just, it's, it's quite a bit of work, uh, before, you know, of course, before that, you know, that first table, uh, or that first group of people can be seated and uh, enjoy that dinner. Yeah, that no, evening. it's absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, um, uh, there, there, it's an undertaking and, uh, you know, you're taking a hundred year old building and bringing it back to life and changing the use and, and trying to do it the right way. And it all goes back to the team and you got to have the right architect. You got to have the right contract. You got to have the right you know, landlord, tenant, everything. And so it's uh, it's really cool to walk into a 100-year-old building, uh, get to a point where you and your client want to transform it and then watch that process unfold. And so it was um, it's really cool to showcase that. We got a lot more to come and exciting things. Well, hey, great to hear. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I've always, next time I'm in Birmingham, I want to stop by the Federal Reserve building just to, you know, just to see it from the outside uh, you know, just catch the lobby, I guess. But that's, uh, I was just, that was a really, that was a really cool project. Uh, and hats off uh, to Mike Moran and his team for the the work they've done with, you know, historic preservation. Because our, uh, I think the backup plan was a surface parking lot, get rid of the building. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone involved, you know, we're, we're glad that it's there. You know, it's a piece of history. And Birmingham's building stock, I feel like Birmingham's another ass or another you know, another thing it has going for it is just uh, the ex- the existing stock of buildings that can be repurposed into, you know, you name it. And a lot of them have that industrial flair, which can be not, in, you know, not industrial, but they, they take the past, you know, the, the past use of the building is reflected in the current design. And uh, it's just really cool to see those preservation projects in the works. Any others that you're familiar with at the moment? Well, there, you know, I want to talk a little bit about this. I mean, it's all about character, the character of a building. You can't just go build something ground up and and have the character show. I mean, the, oh, my goodness. So you talked about parking. Yeah, well, you'll see that in, this, in uh, this next episode that comes out on Driven. But the backup plan was a parking lot. And, I mean, how unfortunate would that have been? As much as we need parking, that is the coolest building in downtown Birmingham. And if we would have go, if we were to go back five, six years and talk about trends, uh, or not even that long, when you asked me a little earlier about trends, doing a building like that and having a cool brick and beam and, and bringing a building back like that and having nice finishes inside and, and putting a restaurant outside and having a gym downstairs and have quality tenants on every floor and a magnificent lobby and like being able to do that, uh, that was a that was a trend, you know, to be able to, but that is a trend that, that it's going to, it, it stands time right there. I mean, you just can't, you can't, um, the uniqueness of that building is amazing, but there, I think, you know, there's some others in the works. Um, it, but there's just, there's, you talk about the building stock. I mean, you go walk down Morris Avenue, you just go walk around Birmingham and you've got these fantastic buildings, but it's an undertaking to go do that. It costs more. You know, you've got to have some tax credits in place to make it work. You got to have the right tenants, right? You got to have a long-term vision. You, there's just, there's so many things that go into a historic project like that, that um, when you're in the business and close to it, you can really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and regarding the cost, yeah, that is, um, and that's one reason that, you know, I tip my cap to people that take on those preservation jobs because it's, you really don't know what you're getting into until you start the work, you know, in terms of, you know, you can always estimate, you know, how, how much it's going to, you know, how, how much it'll cost, you know, to, 
to make the vision come true, but I'm sure you're always running into little hurdles, but that's probably, you know, that just makes it a, a better product. And at the end, you know, uh, it definitely pays off. And so, um, so any other, uh, so kind of getting co- sort of near the end here about to wrap it up, but, uh, but what are some, uh, some growth areas, you know, we've talked about the suburbs and the office market, but any other, uh, growth areas in the market, you know, with reference to office or retail? Well, you know, um, I'm going to move on a little bit from office to retail, talk a little bit about industrial. And I think that, I think Irondale is, um, I think Irondale is just right there. And it's, uh, I think it's, you know, Irondale could be growing, uh, expanding. And I think that's a really cool, I think that's a really cool market. It's kind of in our backyard. Uh, As far as retail goes, you know, that's a great question because it's so vital. Um, You know, there's some cool projects going on. Uh, in all in all classes right now, but um, man, I'm I'm trying to think. That's a that's a great question. Yeah, we can always come back to that. Um, but yeah, when I'm on the retail front, you know, one thing that just uh, I feel like every time I come back to town, I'll see something that I missed, you know, prior, or just a new development, you know, a new restaurant, uh, especially on South Side, uh, you know, which was you know 20 years ago, all the bars and restaurants, you know, were clustered you know, all the nightlife was generally on South side and seeing that drift over to North side and what second Avenue North has become, you know, you know, it's just, uh, I remember back when it was, I mean, gosh, like pre 2010, you know, there were maybe, I remember there was a, I think there was a bar called steel. I don't think it's there anymore. It might, it was in that general area. Uh, but yeah, but seeing second Avenue North develop, uh, has been really something special for the city. Yeah, so Second Avenue North is just incredible, and uh, you literally can just go walk it, and you can go there at night, or you can go there for lunch, uh, and you can pass ten different cool options. Uh, you can even go to dinner at one place, and then go grab drinks later, or drinks before if you wanted, and then go. I mean, there's just it's a it's. I mean, you can involve more than one place kind of for the night, which is a cool recipe, right? And yeah, yeah, you don't don't yeah, you can walk from one place to the next. Takes you know, just adds that much more enjoyment. Yeah, and so it really came alive. And but going back to retail and going back to some projects, I think the uh, I think the coolest retail, in my opinion, is going to be the Hardwick. That's uh, uh, going to be on uh, that's you know that's taking shape right now on the rotary trail and that's a historic tax credit deal and that there's going to be some it's going to be some some really cool space uh, and that's walkable and I, you know I think about well, um, I really think about walk walkability a lot these days and that's something that downtown will always have uh, and if we can just get everybody back in the office and kind of back to where things were prior to, to the pandemic uh, I think it's going to, it's going to lift downtown back up, but, um, trends are always something to watch for, always something to think about. And I mean, we can talk about that all day. Absolutely. Uh, so kind of, as we wrap it up here, uh, one final thought I had, it was done a few of these episodes, you know, with various folks, you know, some of them from out of state, uh, but does Birmingham, is it continuing to see a good bit of out of state investment uh, in commercial real estate market there? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you definitely have out of state money chasing Birmingham or looking at Birmingham. I mean, still, even when you look at the cost of capital and everything we talked about earlier, you still get more bang for your buck in Birmingham. So the problem is, 
is that there's a lot of investors looking for income producing assets and there's just not many on the market. And so they're hard to find. Uh, and so then it comes to maybe some of the older vacant buildings and is someone from out of state going to take that or is it going to be a user in town? Uh, but yeah, no, I, we still see out of state investors looking at Birmingham. Uh, I've got one in particular in Michigan that's bought several assets with me and he loves Birmingham. Um, and a lot, a lot of, of folks do. do most. Yeah. Most folks, when they come to visit, you know, generally have some pretty good stuff to say. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've got nice hotels to stay now. We've got awesome restaurants to stay. You can go downtown or you can venture out. I mean, we've got, we've got venues you can do. We've, there's just, there's so many things that, that Birmingham has to offer. Um, and hopefully we'll keep, you know, we can, we can, um, just keep adding to that. For sure, man. So, uh, well, Charlie, this has been incredibly fun. I got to say, uh, Sorry, it took me 107 episodes to to get you uh, here with us, but uh, I have a feeling this won't be our last one. We'll definitely have to do a follow up. But uh, but just so yeah, so thinking back to we got we got to f- uh, wrap it up here with football because you know a lot of uh, you know of course the Todd going down and Baton Rouge. Uh, I kind of had that. I had I felt that one coming. I don't uh, maybe it was an omen, but uh, when I stayed in Huntsville, it was a good friend of mine who's a. I basically have two close friends who are big LSU fans. And as it just shook out, I happened to, I stayed with, <laughs> stayed with one in Huntsville and then the other out in Kansas city, uh, and walking up to his beautiful new house in Huntsville, I saw the, uh, American flag and LSU flag out front. And I was like, ah, it's just kind of an omen, you know? And, uh, oh, man. and we, and especially after Tennessee, you know, I mean, I just, we just, we've just struggled this year, you know, penalties getting, you know, just giving up deep passes, you know, just, so I wasn't feeling too good about it, but what do you think? Uh, how's the rest of the season going to shake out for the Tide? We're going to get it back. I mean, you know, we've we're you know we can't win it. Uh, I don't think we'll lose another game. But Very slim. Sh- yeah, I, I think there's a. We would need all the help in the way <laughs> to make the playoffs. We would need a lot of help. I don't. I think yeah, that's good. We'll see. I've kind of given up on that. You know, the Tide basketball uh, started last night. We beat Longwood. Uh, our team's looking good. So I'm I'm kind of moving on to basketball. I tend to. Um, I don't know if real estate has anything to do with it, but I try <laughs> when things happen that I'm not a big fan of, like the Alabama loss, I try and just kind of move on. And, That's right. uh, but, um, I will, you know, I still believe in the brand that we have there. So many good times ahead. And, uh, I mean, LSU, LSU earned that, that was, but I'll be honest in the heat of the moment, that was intense. And that was awesome for a, about two minutes. <laughs> it was an exciting finish and hats off, uh, you know, going for two at home for the win, uh, especially when it works, you know, I mean, but that was, uh, it's easy to say that was brilliant in hindsight, but uh, have yeah. a chance to win the game, you know, two or three yards away, why not take it? And so yeah, uh, I, was, been, I was thinking in the moment, I was thinking in the moment when they were interviewing Brian Kelly and uh, after all that had happened, I, you know, it hit me that he, he, he won the state of Louisiana in that university in that moment, and uh, he did it pretty quickly. So, good move by them. But I, um, you know, we, you know, the Tide will be back. We will. Well, uh, I'm hoping we can beat Ole Miss. Uh, and for me, it's all about Auburn at this point. You know, we just got to. Hopefully, the players can. You know, expect. You know, expectations are obviously high. Uh, but I just want us to look good against Ole Miss and look good against Auburn, and uh, then we'll go from there. 
We will. Nothing sharpens you better than getting knocked down. Um, so, so we'll be okay. But I, but I, I would like to take a moment to uh, to thank you and your team. I've been very excited about this. Uh, there's so many topics to talk about. You know, real estate is in our blood. It runs in our family's blood. And I'm very proud of you and what y'all are doing at the Alabama Center for Real Estate. Grayson Glaze is an awesome guy, great leader. And um, y'all continue to keep climbing. And I, I, I love the podcast that you're doing. You always have great people that have fantastic input and uh, very appreciative of the chance to talk. And I kind of been, in, you know, I'm all over the place. So hopefully I put some good content out there and in spurts. Absolutely, man. It was enjoyable. Great episode. And we'll have to do a follow-up. Thank you all. Love to. This has been the Real Estate Matters Podcast produced by the Alabama Center for Real Estate. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Podbean, or just ask Alexa to play the Real Estate Matters podcast.